Super Talk Mississippi media production. Have you been seriously injured? Mama Justice is here for you. Our medical team partners with top-notch doctors, surgeons, therapists, and urologists, ensuring a comprehensive recovery journey. If you've been injured, call Mama Justice today. We're here for you. He's the former president and publisher of the Sun-Herald, and now he's on the radio. Welcome to Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. Welcome back to Coast View. I really enjoyed that conversation with Amanda and Todd. Um, you know, it's interesting. When I get with Todd, we always get a little, little bit philosophical because we've both been through so many of the uh, twists and turns of Coast of Mississippi's history and come out on the other side with a really positive, you know, uh, thoughtful, I think, view about where Coastal Mississippi is today and where we're headed. But without any further ado, let me shift gears now and move over to my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. And uh, he wrote the bo- book on Sean Payton and Drew Brees, literally wrote the book. And the biggest news continues to be Sean Payton, and we'll get the latest on that as well. So how you doing, my friend? Oh, man, Ricky, you know, the, the off-season is supposed to die down a little bit. You know, you're supposed to actually... Uh, you know, get a little bit of a break, and it it just doesn't happen anymore with the NFL. I mean, it's twenty four seven round the clock coverage, and you're right, the Sean Payton story is actually maybe the biggest story in the NFL right now. Okay, so look, because you wrote the book, I can only imagine that everyone sort of wants to get the insights of Jeff Duncan to see if you've got some insider information that others don't have. Certainly, you have perspective that others don't have. T- tell me about that that swirl of activity. Yeah, look, it is it is a whirlwind. You know, right now you've got a bunch of different markets that are, uh, you know, have media outlets there, like we know, and their their biggest story is the head coach opening in their town. So from Phoenix to Denver to Houston to Charlotte and somewhat New Orleans, because this directly impacts the New Orleans Saints if Sean Payton gets a job. You've got all these media outlets trying to chase this one story, Sean Payton involved in all those teams and the interview process. So it's just been a madhouse, to be honest with you. Denver especially. I don't know. I didn't have any idea of the fan base there. I should have known, uh, but they are rabid over this coaching search for the Broncos. And any little morsel of news that gets out is just a feeding frenzy for the media outlets. So I've tried to take a step back now because – you know, it's it's just been a shark tank, to be honest with you. I can only imagine. Listen, I I, I noticed yesterday, uh, everyone's tried to have their spin on it. The, the 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 message has been consistent. Here are the teams that are interested. Denver really wants him. Others may want him. He probably won't go to Charlotte. Cause Saints will never let that happen. You know, gonna have to. You know, gonna gonna have to bring the goods if you want him, and you're gonna have to bring a bring uh, truck to get him for you know it, personally in terms of the contract with Sean Payton. All those stories are kind of out there moving around. But then the one that broke yesterday said he's probably not going to take a coaching job. He's probably going to come back. You said that's always going to be an option, but that got shared a lot. A lot of steam around the fact that he's probably not going to accept the job. But it was only one or like one guy broke it, and then a couple of people kind of picked up on it. But I know that's still a real possibility. But did something specific happen that caused this story to start to percolate that he's not going to coach this coming year? Well, look, I think you know Sean Payton went into this whole process thinking he was going to go back to Fox. So I think that's important to establish first is that he went into this process 
leaning towards staying at Fox, and it was going to take a real, you know, sweetheart deal, somebody to knock his socks off with something that was too good to be true to get him to not go back to Fox. So I think people came into this with the opposite impression that he was searching for a job and wanted to get back, and that just isn't the case. So uh, if you understand it from that point of view, it was going to take something pretty, uh, you know, extraordinary to get him to go back. Uh, I mean, to go take a job. Now, having said that, I, I think we've talked about this on the show, Ricky. Uh, you know, if you're a team and an owner and a general manager looking to hire, and you've got all these candidates, and you know what you've got in Sean Payton. I mean, he's going to win. He's established. He has a pedigree. But he also comes with an enormous cost. He comes with not only the salary that's going to be around $20 million a year, uh, but also draft pick compensation that goes to the Saints in the form of at least a first-round pick, maybe more. And then you might say to yourself, okay, I've got some other candidates here that might be the next Sean Payton. I trust my my brain trust to identify a top rising candidate. And maybe it's D'Amico Ryans, the 49ers defensive coordinator. Maybe it's Dan Quinn. Who knows? But you can look at that and say, I have to pay that coach half of what I'm paying Sean Payton, and I don't give up any draft pick compensation. So it was always going to be very complicated from both ends. Then you have Sean Payton who is only going to want to go somewhere where he can be really successful and I think have a have a really good working relationship with ownership and management and also like the quarterback situation. So there's just a lot of moving parts, and that's why I think it's it's played out the way it has. And you didn't mention Dallas, although I know that's in the back of your head. But I read an editorial yesterday from the Dallas market, you know, saying it's time to it's time to you know cut bait here. Um, I, you know, I, I don't think that's happening. I mean, I yeah, I don't. You said that before. I mean, yeah, Mike McCarthy is a really good head coach. I've said that uh, over and over. I mean, the guys won. 12, 13 games, I think, the last two years. I don't know. Uh, to me, the quarterback play in that game is what cost the Cowboys. Dak Prescott did not play well, and, and that's why they lost that tight game. When you go on the road against a really good team like the 49ers, who I think are going to win the Super Bowl, uh, it was going to take almost a perfect game, and they didn't play that. It's not head coaching. Now, look, they've already made five coaching moves on Mike McCarthy's staff. That indicates to me he's coming back, and they're making staff changes. You know, I'm I'm uh, I'm pulling for San Francisco as well, um, and you know it's it's very interesting how Purdy went from as long as he doesn't make any big mistakes to almost superstar, you know, in just a few games. But you know, I, I listened to what Sean Payton said to him about him on Fox about his decision making capability, about the way he protects the ball, about his leadership on the team, his coolness, you know. It's uh, it's a very interesting scenario, but one thing is for sure, and we've said this before, to win, and and and, and what you just said about Dallas is a, is a is a, a, a the best example. To win, you have to have a superstar quarterback. This is a quarterback centric league now, isn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, we see it in the AFC, right? You got Joe Burrow against Patrick Mahomes. I mean, that's there's a reason that game is the main the main game in the late time slot. And Jalen Hurts versus Brock Purdy's in the is uh, the undercard, right? It's all about the quarterbacks in this league, and those guys, uh, Burrow and Mahomes, and then Josh Allen, of course, who Joe Burrow outplayed, and that's why Bengals advance. It it's a quarterback-driven league because the rules now favor the passing game, and if you have a great quarterback like the Saints had for a decade and a half, you have a decided advantage at the most important position. And and I've said all along, 
uh, you know, Brock Purdy, the thing about him is, uh, you know, he knows exactly what he is. I think that's the key. He, he doesn't try to make a lot of plays he, he knows he can't make. That's very unusual for a young quarterback. And, he, and he's got a really good team around him. He's not trying to do too much. And he's got great coaches. I mean, Cal Shanahan, that offense is very quarterback friendly. A lot of ways it reminds me of Sean Payton, what he was able to do the last few years when when Drew Brees would go down, they'd bring in Teddy Bridgewater, they'd win with Jameis Winston, they'd win with Taysom Hill. It's very similar what they're doing in 49er country. It, it is incredible. You know, that Cincinnati um, uh, Kansas City game last year, man, that was, I, 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 got, I thought, man, we, we may never see a game like that again where the lead kept changing back and forth at the, at the end. What, a, what an epic game that was. I, I and you know what's interesting? You just look ahead to the game this week. It could be another, even with even with uh, Mahone having uh, an ankle injury, it could still be the same kind of game again. Yeah, I, I'm just writing about that game, Ricky, and I, I think it's going to be a similar, uh, you know, epic contest between two great quarterbacks. The Bengals have beaten them three times in a row in the last basically calendar year, a couple weeks longer than a year. Uh, they've won three straight games, all three by a field goal. So you know this game's going to be competitive, and I personally think. Patrick Mahomes, just uh, the way he looked when he got hurt last week, that said something to me. I mean, he really wants this. I, I think, you know, he was devastated that he might be out. And I think that drive gives them a little bit of a motivational edge in this game. They've lost three in a row. They're going to hear about it all week. Uh, I like the Chiefs in this game. I know he's going to be a little limited, but, I mean, that guy's like Superman. I, I think this is going to be two really epic games. I mean, I think the – the betting line is a pick them in the ASC, and it's like two points in the NFC. And when you consider home field advantage in Philly, that's basically calling it a pick them. Uh, two, uh, two teams, get this, Ricky, this is amazing. The, the Eagles have won nine of their last 11 games, right? They're the coldest team of these four going in. The 49ers have won 12 in a row. The Bengals have won 10 in a row. And the Chiefs have won 10 of 11. Their only loss was to the Bengals. So you got the four hottest, best teams in the league playing each other. It's so incredible, man. And and uh, as I said to you before, before I've, uh, I'm a big Jalen Hurst fan. I think the way he handled himself coming out of Alabama, going to Oklahoma, yeah. um, I mean, just such a team player. And, he, and I always believed that he was going to become a good quarterback, but he's really exceeded my expectations for, uh, on what he could accomplish. Wow, what he's accomplished is incredible. But he's, in, he's surrounded by all these stars. And man, they're a dangerous team. But then you know you come over, you come over to San Francisco, and they have more stars, and they're more dangerous. And uh, Brock Purdy has raised the bar, not lowered the bar. It's just incredible. It's, it's a you know it's, it's a great way to end the season. I know the Saints aren't in, but the fact is those four teams, you got to love them all four, you know, because of what they've been able to accomplish. And um, anyway, just a just a great story. When we come back, we'll continue the conversation with my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. We'll see you after this. You can also listen live to Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on your Amazon Alexa devices. Once you've enabled the skill, just say Alexa. And Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast. This is Coast View with Ricky Matthews on Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1. 
Welcome back to Coast View Hub, my friend Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times-Picayune. We're talking about the playoffs. I got one more <clears throat> question I want to ask you, Jeff, and then we'll move over to the Saints and kind of un, un, uh, un, uh, wrap that a little bit. It's a, that's a complicated thing they've got to do you know, to go into next year. But this, this, this four, these four teams that are in the playoff now, maybe the best four matchups that we've ever seen before. What's, what's your view on that? Yeah, look, I mean, you got the four hottest teams in the league, like I mentioned, uh, four of the five best records in the league. Usually you end up with one kind of upset team that gets finds their way in there. That didn't happen this year. Uh, we kind of could see this happening early on. I think a lot of people thought the Bills would be there instead of the Chiefs. I mean, I'm sorry, the Bengals. But for the most part, these were the teams uh, from midseason on that everybody projected. So I, I feel like these games are going to be very – a competitive contest and in games like this Ricky it's it's kind of simple really who's going to execute the best who's going to make the fewest mistakes uh, sometimes that's what it comes down to I mean I thought the Dallas San Francisco game last week was exact great example of that those were two very evenly matched teams and the Cowboys made the most mistakes and and, and San Francisco was able to make a few big plays right the big long pass to Kittle uh, at key times and was able to eke out that game. That's similar to what I expect this week. Yeah, speaking of Kittle, and not specific just to Kittle, because if you look at each of these teams, there's good tight end play. If you look back at the history of the Saints, when Drew Brees was doing his best, he had he had a really good tight end connection that was going on. But but Kittle, man, you know that that connection that he and and, and Brock Purdy have is an example of what you got to have on a team to be successful. And I think that speaks. To the Saints as well. That boy, you got to have great tight end play, don't you? Well, look at yeah, look at the Kansas City Chiefs with Kelsey. I mean, that's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Kittle's probably going to be the same. Uh, so if you have an elite tight end in this game today, uh, the way the passing attacks work, uh, you really have to have multiple weapons. I mean, you have to have a great tight end. You have to have at least two really good receivers. Really, you need three, and then you have to have more than one running back. You have to have two. Uh, so you just see the depth of the perimeter playmakers on these teams that are in the playoffs, and you see the Saints have a long way to go. So switching over to the Saints, I've been been reading lot, lots of people have different takes on which Saints are not going to be with the Saints next year, like Davenport, for example, maybe Michael Thomas, uh, certainly maybe Ingram will retire, whatever he's going to do. But I don't see Jameis Winston's name usually on those lists. What's your current thinking about how much turnover are you going to see on this team? Well, I think there's going to be a lot. I mean, I think they're actually they're going through those meetings this week, uh, going over the roster, coming up with uh, basically the offseason game plan of how they're going to attack it. I mean, this is where they'll come out with that list of offseason to-do items, uh, wants, needs, and musts will identify. And I think uh, we'll see some changes. I don't think Andres Pete will be back. I think they're going to end up that that offensive line that we saw the Saints end the season with, with Trevor Penning at left tackle and James Hurst at left guard. Uh, I think that's how the left side of the line will be going forward. And uh, I, I'll be surprised if Michael Thomas is back, but my column this Sunday is going to address the Michael Thomas situation. And I don't think the door is completely closed there, uh, but I do think uh, it would be an upset if he is back. Uh, and then you mentioned, you know, a couple other moves. I can't see Jameis Winston back here in any way. Uh, they save up millions of dollars by releasing him, and he's not even the starting quarterback now. So I can't see them unless 
There's no market for him whatsoever, and uh, he comes back at a league minimum. I just I don't see that happening. Okay, so you've got uh, coming back to the quarterback situation. You've got th- at least the possibility that a team picks up Sean Payton and we end up with a first round draft choice and get lucky that one of the quarterbacks that's out there now could fall to us. But it's more likely, isn't it, that we'll seek an experienced player, maybe one of the one of the quarterbacks in San Francisco that you and I have talked about before. Um, what's your current thinking about what how that's going to play out? You know, I think it's still early to determine that, but I know they, they like Andy Dalton. I mean, Mickey Loomis and Dennis Allen have come out and said that they feel like he played very well this year. So I don't think it's beyond – uh, you know, the possibility that he comes back as the starter and they draft a quarterback of the future. And, and you know, the long-term solution is one guy and Andy Dalton is the bridge quarterback. We saw that happen a lot this past year in Pittsburgh and some of the other markets, Tennessee. Uh, but having said that, I mean, I think Andy Dalton's got a, a real good chance to come back as the starter. Um, I think they'll try to upgrade. But the problem they've got right now is – you know, finances, their, their salary cap is very tight. They could structure a deal, but then they get into the, the problem of if you backload a deal, Ricky, then you've got to commit more years. And if you're doing it to a quarterback, that's not going to be your long-term solution. It makes it difficult. And you know what makes me once again, reflect back at the run to try to get Deshaun Watson and what we would have had to give up to get him. Man, we would have bet the ranch. It would, I just, you know, with our cap issues, I don't know how that would have worked out. <laughs> that, yeah, I'm with you. I think, I think it's the best thing that happened to them, them not getting him. Me too, man. I've always felt that way for sure. Hey, listen, look forward to coming back next week and continuing the conversation. And, um, you know, it'll be interesting to see how this, this weekend's games go. And we'll chat about that. But next time we talk, we'll know who's going to be in the Super Bowl. Good to see you, my friend. Yeah, thanks, Ricky. Have a great weekend. We'll talk next week, buddy. You bet. This has been Jeff Duncan from NOLA.com and the Times Picayune. Have a great weekend, and we will see you on Monday morning. Super Talk Mississippi Gulf Coast 103.1 on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Super Talk MS Coast 103.1. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.